you know, this love is a business strategy. You know, you could turn that around and say business as a love strategy. You know, it's like every single context that we're in is another place to find love. Hello and welcome to Love as a Business Strategy, a podcast that brings humanity to the workplace. We're here to talk about business, but we want to tackle those topics that most business leaders tend to shy away from. We believe that humanity and love should be at the center of every successful business, and we're here to have conversations and hear stories about how real people and real businesses operate. So I'm your host, Jeff Ma, and I'm joined by my co-host, Mohammed Anwar. Hello, Mo. How are you doing today? Hey, Jeff. Good to be here. Yes, good to have you. And today's guest, I'm really excited about, he is the founder of heartofbusiness.com, Mark Silver. And Mark is not only an entrepreneur, but also a coach, a consultant, a mentor, and spiritual healer. I'm super excited to get a chance to um, have this opportunity to talk about um, love as a business strategy, but from an angle we don't typically get a chance to focus on, which is the more spiritual side of things. And I, I think it's really important to have that conversation. So Mark, thank you for joining us. Welcome to the show. I'm delighted to be here. Thank you so much. And um, I've been enjoying the heck out of your book. It's uh, really um, has some here. It's right over here. I'll step off screen for a second. But anyway, I just really, um, I appreciate uh, the context and the stories and the vulnerability that you presented in this, in the book. And I thank just, you. Uh, so yeah, so thank you. I appreciate that. And, and, and before we go anywhere, we have to do our, our icebreaker question. And Mark, you're lucky I brought Muhammad with me. I make him go first. <laughs> yes. And he's going to hate this question. I already know because I know him very well. Muhammad, if I were to put you up on stage at a talent show right now, what would you perform? What would you do? You know I have stage fright. So, <laughs> I, so what's your talent, though? Let, let us have it. What's your talent? Uh, Mark, you're gonna have the same know. question. You're gonna have the same question. So you get time to prepare. Maybe do a, a bodybuilding show. <laughs> I actually knew that would be your answer as well. <laughs> yeah, maybe that's how it'll go. <laughs> okay. Yeah, you spend enough time in the gym for that to count. Okay. Mark, same question. If I were to put you on stage at a talent show right now, what would you do? That's so interesting. Um, I guess uh, just uh, somewhat randomly, I could pull out a very old thing that I haven't done in quite some time, which is juggling. And um, I, uh, in college, would uh, had a um, uh, my dog is asking to come in. Um, uh, we would juggle flaming torches back and Whoa. forth. And um, at this point, it would be a little dangerous because uh, I haven't done it in a long time, and there, you know we would need fire extinguishers. But that might be the thing. <laughs> well, you can start with bowling pins for now. And, uh... <laughs> That's awesome. Like that's serious. That's that's legit serious juggling when things are on fire. So <laughs> you must have been good. The secret is, is that it's not any different. <laughs> it just looks impressive. Well, just the, the, so. the, the failure is more uh, consequential. I guess. It is. <laughs> awesome. So um, I'm going to start at the very basic level here for the audience, but also for our conversation. Um, Mark, just tell us about yourself like to start like tell us about who you are and where your passions are <sighs> well in the context of this conversation um 
my part of my perspective and my experience and my study of history is that capitalism has been a terrible, terrible thing <laughs> for the planet and for our cultures and for our humanity. And um, commerce and other forms of exchange and trade have existed as long as man's been around, humans, humanity's been around. Um, but the uh, but the form that this kind of predatory corporate capitalism, uh, just, um, and so it takes a lot for us to work against some of the structures that dehumanize us, some of the laws that say you must put profits first and these kinds of things that, that it's harder to, to, to center love and center humanity. Um, and so my passion in a work environment, you know, in the, in the business environment is that it's that it's not the only thing that's needed, but the healing in business is a big part, is a significant part of what's needed if we're going to be in a healthier place in the world. And, um, and so that's a, that's a huge part of my passion. I have other passions. I've, you know, I have a family, I have kids. I love woodworking. We're on the land. I love gardening. And so, you know, there's, there's a lot of that that, um, is infused by that. And, um, but yeah, I just, uh, we make so many choices, you know, as you, outline in your book, like all these choices that are made that don't benefit anyone except the financial benefit. It's not even really the heart or the holistic benefit, but the financial benefit of a few people at the top to the incredible pain of so many others. And um, yeah, I'm on a, I'm a, I'm, I've been working that for a long time. And uh, yeah, if that says anything. Yeah. No, that's, that's definitely, um, a powerful, you know, passion and mission to be around. I'm curious, like, I guess what paint a little bit of the, of the path that brought you here, I guess, like mm. let us get, get to know your, how you got here. Yeah. Well, it's kind of funny. Um, I, uh, I was, uh, <laughs> Oh my God, what, which, which parts to weave in? But um, the story that's popping up right now is that uh, I, I'm a, I was born in the 60s. I'm a child of the 80s. And I, was, I happened to fall into the junior achievement. I don't even know if they still exist, but it was like this young capitalists you know, thing. And you know, the, the majority of those kinds of projects were um, uh, you know, build coffee mug holders and sell them. Um, but I kind of, me and the group that we were in, I'd, I had the idea, it's like, why don't we be the middle person? Let's go to t-shirt companies and go to organizations and kind of like sell t-shirts and then get, you know, anyway, we, we made a huge profit. We made a, like, we were like ahead of every other JA chapter by like 2000% or I mean, it was just, it was, and I said, wow, we made all this money and we really did nothing. Like we didn't do any of the work. We didn't really provide like there wasn't there was no reason for us to have made that money and um and it just opened my eyes to kind of a dynamic in business and i i mean i grew up in business my grandfather had a small business my parents had a small retail store that was my grandfather's and it's um and so i have a huge respect for small business and i have a huge respect for people that are trying to make you know doing a beautiful thing in the world to to 
you know, be of service or provide something that people need. But I just saw how it could get twisted. And um, I always had a strong social activist kind of bent. I was an activist. I was involved in nonprofits. And, and eventually I became a paramedic. But it just kind of came around when I realized that there were friends of ours that were self-employed who just didn't know how to be in, they didn't know how to make a living doing really beautiful work, like organic gardeners and permaculturists and designers and other people. And I was like, oh, I kind of know more than I think I did in this realm. And I was helping them be successful, but I was also helping them kind of work with the emotional issues that came up around charging for their services or marketing themselves or, and, um, and then that came together with the training that I did with my Sufi teachers, this kind of um, weaving together of certain really profound spiritual truths and realities of, of how the world works um, with the world of business. And, you know, that's a very brief kind of, uh, you know, shotgun summary of, you know, for like a, you know, 20 plus year journey, but it's, um, it's been really um, stunning that business acts like every act of our, the saying in our company is like every act of business can be an act of love and to have stumbled with that and made so many mistakes and walked the path and figured it out and mentors and all of the practicing and then seeing like it, it's really true like every act of business can be an act of love and if it's not an act of love it's not really worth doing like it doesn't like it's 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 unnecessary. I used to put up a question mark, like maybe it's unnecessary or, you know, it might not be necessary, but after 20 plus years of this, I can say that if there's not love, it's not necessary. It can be thrown out. Would, Mark, would you be able to describe some acts of business that are acts of love uh, for our knowledge? So we, we get a perspective in correlation to what are not acts of love? Yeah. Business? Well, so for instance, like a, a realm that many people are uh, aware of is marketing, right? Marketing mm. is often not love. It's often about manipulation. You know, there was a whole thing that happened in the, in the beginning of um, the new uh, uh, science of art and science of psychology and the earliest psychologists were hired you know, by Madison Avenue, you know, the earliest Madison Avenue firms to manipulate people into buying like that's like that's like in the history of marketing and advertising. And they always talk about talk about the pain points, talk about the pain points and the way that it's often done is in a way that is in many ways bordering on or full on traumatized, like re-traumatizing, like like bringing up negative emotions till people are so agitated that they purchase in order to relieve the pain the discomfort. However, there's a there's actually a jewel of truth in that is that the things that we're struggling with, we deeply want to be witnessed, we deeply want to be seen in that, but without judgment, without the judgment that we're broken unless we buy the right thing. And so there's a way to bring marketing and yes, speak about the pain, but speak about it from a place of deep empathy and witnessing and saying, yeah, I see you, you're probably struggling with this, you know, like if you're like, if you're, if you're this kind of a person and you're handling this kind of a situation, yeah, this is probably hard and you're probably struggling with that. And you can bring the love in a way that 
it doesn't make people agitated. It allows them to take a breath and slow down and open up a listening space. And then from that more resourced space, they can then make a discernment about, oh, is what you're offering actually helpful for my situation? Do I resonate? You know, they can be in a decision-making process that's not so activated. But instead, it's because the love is there, people are drawn towards it and then can make a reasonable decision. And I find that, you know, in our business, again, we've been doing this for 20 years, we turn a profit, we're doing fine. Um, we find that people don't necessarily buy as quickly or as impulsively, but when they do buy, they stick around and they stick around for the long term and they're repeat customers and we have deep relationships of trust with them, even when we make the inevitable mistakes like everybody does. Mm -hmm. Got it. So in, uh, you know, going to your website, you, you speak uh, about can small business be done effectively without losing your spiritual center or all your savings? Can you elaborate on that? Like, why did you, uh, you know, place a statement like that? What have you seen? Why did you want to bring that out? Yeah. Thank you for asking that. So, you know, on one hand, there's this, um, world that sees that thinks that spirituality doesn't belong in business or in money in financial matters like there's spirituality over here and then there's business you just have to do business you know whatever it is and then you can get back to your spirituality on friday or saturday or sunday or whatever the day of worship is you know on the other hand i see a lot of people who carry spirituality in their heart Maybe it's at the heart of the work that they do. We work with people that are healers or have an explicit spiritual approach in what they do, but they feel like that's the work that I do. I can't bring that into the business. Like I can't do that in business. And there's, you know, I've seen the, the, um, the landscape of spirituality and business changed quite a lot over the last couple of decades. It used to be something very, very tiny, and then it, it's become more and more well accepted. But there's kind of this popular spiritual approach that is what I call the gas tank approach. You go and you fill up on spirituality, on the cushion, even if you're sitting in your office, and then you go and do business until the gas tank runs out, and then you go fill up again. And this piece about like, you know, if the acts of business are an act of love, then you don't run out. You're not using up your tank. Like if I'm, if I'm trying to do business from a manipulative way, that's going to hurt my heart. A lot of people we work with, the integrity in them, they can't even do it. They can't even approach doing marketing that way. And so they don't do marketing and their business struggles, but the people who do do it end up feeling gross and disconnected. And it just, it feels terrible. But if it's an act of love, then it actually feels good. You feel like you're actually helping people, whether or not they're purchasing from you. You feel like you're doing some good in the world, regardless of what the outcome is. And, um, and your heart is in service, like our acts are in service. Like spirituality is not one of those things that just lives out there, right? It's like a lived spirituality is meant to be an expression of generosity, an expression of love, an expression of groundedness and a, a way of, of helping each other. 
you know, make this world a more beautiful place to make life really worth living. And business has to, you know, is already a part of that. It's just that when we deny that reality, it feels so deadening. You know, like the descriptions were so telling, you know, the experience that you had with the layoffs or the, you know, it's like, that's exactly what I'm talking about. It's like you do that and you feel disconnected from some essential part of yourself. That's, that's not worth doing. And the consequences are terrible for the business also. Agreed. And I, I'll share a little bit about myself personally uh, as relates to what you're talking about. Um, so obviously I am a, a practicing Muslim or aspire to practice my faith. <laughs> and, uh, uh, and one of the struggles that I have seen personally for myself is outside of work, I try to be the spiritual person practicing my faith. And then I come to work and I'm like, oh, there's no place for how to be practicing my faith at work. And I looked at them as two different things. And I always was in the battle of, am I losing my faith by doing more work? Or am I, if I go work on my faith, is it at odds with the business I'm running? Mm -hmm. So it doesn't seem to be a win-win because if I really want to practice service of humanity and then I go into a business and the first thing I take is a business decision that costs a person's job, then how am I practicing my faith? They cannot coexist. It's a battle of your soul determining how do I live my life with the belief system I have and then work every day and be totally opposite to what I'm supposed to practice. Mm -hmm. And that's been a struggle for me as a business owner. Um, I haven't yeah. been able to bring my full self to work. I haven't been able to... Uh, practice what I believe in. And I feel there are lots of people out there who have very different beliefs, different belief systems and practices where they're unable to bring their full self to work as a result of that, because work is not meant to be a part of your spiritual life or your faith system or whatnot. And uh, one of my spiritual mentors actually is the one who encouraged me and said, you don't have to necessarily do the rituals that are prescribed by your belief or your faith to really refill the tank as you talked about, mm -hmm. but you could technically bring it into your day-to-day -day action, every day's interaction, how you treat people, how you behave with one another and how you make the right decisions because it's the right thing to do in your workplace and live out your spirituality through work and not have to keep it separate. So when, when, when I read that, I was like, oh, that hits home. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so that's why I brought that out. It's really it's cool so, to read that. Well, it's so beautiful what you say. I mean, I was raised Jewish and then I took Shahada 22 years ago, 21 years ago. And then it's, um, I always found it really, I was part of this Muslim Sufi discussion, and they said, you know, they all say about following this, the, the 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 Sunnah, the practices of the mm -hmm. um, of the Prophet Ali Salam. Uh, uh, for those who aren't Muslim, the Prophet Muhammad, just this this thing in Islam about following the example of the Prophet. And they said, well, maybe we should also be following the example of the Prophet before he came, you know, in his preparation to become a Prophet. And he was a merchant. 
Al-Alamin, you know, it's like he was in business and he worked for uh, a woman who became his wife, who was a very wealthy merchant. And he was, did it with so much beauty that he became known as the trusted one, right? It's like that was, it was like the, the essence of what's there. There's a, um, and I think, and, you know, and similar stories are in every path, you know, the Buddhist path has a story about the diamond cutter. And there's, I mean, there's some, there's some really beautiful pieces about this and so many paths about right livelihood. There's, um, I remember there was a, uh, um, a story, uh, a Sufi story that uh, a Sufi teacher was asking his students, you know, do you want me to, you know, he had some food and he said, should I distribute this to you as God does or as the human does? And everybody said, does God does. And so he gave some a lot and some a little and some none at all. And they're like, what, what, what is this? What is this? And it's like, isn't this true? Isn't this how God distributes things? And then it's our job to then, you know, if you get a lot, you're like the purpose isn't to then guard that and keep it. The purpose is to live the divine quality of the generous one and share it with those who don't have. And there's like there's there's so many teachings there about how to be in business in beautiful ways and how to be in life in beautiful ways. And I just um, it's so inspiring. I'm I feel really grateful that in our business community. There are people of so many different paths and religions and some no religion at all and all over the place. And and yet we all connect because these ideas are so universal. You know, this message of love and oneness has come to every people on the earth in every time. And um, and business is not something special or separate from that. It's not meant to, it's not excluded. It doesn't have an exclusion, <laughs> you know, like we need to live, um, live the love that's in our hearts. And when we spend that much time at work and we, and we're, and the business has such a role in, it doesn't have the only role, but it has a significant role in forming how our culture and how our societies work. We can't leave it out. It's critical that it's included in that. Totally. I totally agree. And I think something you shared, like the, these lessons are there in every, you know, uh, different faith, uh, faiths and the perspective. All these stories have the same lessons. Unfortunately, in today's world, it might seem very difficult to make that applicable. So we hear these stories like you shared, the Sufi story uh, and the Buddhist stories and all these different stories in there. We listen to them and we get inspired by it, but maybe not inspired by it enough to make it a part of today's life. <laughs> we listen to it, we fill up our hearts with positivity, but maybe we fail to practice that in our day-to-day -day and at our workplace. And I feel with the work that you're doing, um, I and, and what we're aspiring to do is to uh, be able to be examples of today that are relatable to today's generation, today's audience, and not resolve to only the stories from thousands of years ago or... Uh, the lessons from thousands of years ago, we need to create examples of how you can practice love in the workplace and be profitable. You can put people at the center of business and be profitable. Right. And, and, and create a better uh, environment uh, 
community uh, and and serve humanity while still making money. It's exactly. possible. It is so possible. Like for instance, um, we went through a deep, pro I went through a deep process as the owner of the business. And obviously, I mean, we're a tiny business compared to you all. There's just a handful of us involved with this. Um, but I went through this deep process of like, of our business and pricing model. And I, I had made the decision, not 100%, but probably 95% of the offers that we have out in the world are priced at what we call pay from the heart, where we acknowledge our needs and we acknowledge what are sustainable prices and minimum prices for us, but we let the client choose how much they're going to pay. And we say, you know, if paying even the minimum amount would create um, the you know, danger of depriving you or risk putting at risk your food and shelter, pay less than the minimum. And we continue to be profitable because it's based in a in a faith and uh, an experience that human beings want to do the right thing. When you're good to them, they want people want to be good to you. They want to be generous. And we have people who pay more. We have people who pay a dollar and it all works out. It all works out. And um, we can make these decisions that can feel scary in the beginning, but it creates such goodwill. And believe me, the recommendations and referrals we get from our clients are, I mean, I'm so humbled by what they say and who they send to us because they know they can trust us and they know that we're not just milking them for money. And um, there's so many places where we can make choices like that, that live out a different reality and that not only, as you say, like there are examples, like I, I take the risk of showing trust in you, that lifts the heart and people return that trust. There's always a few people that, you know, maybe they're in trauma or maybe they've had experience, you know, it's like they take advantage. So what they pay it, what, how are they taking advantage? They pay us a dollar. We're already, it's okay. It doesn't hurt us. And, um, you know, and if we had higher costs than that, we would set the minimum higher so that we wouldn't be injured. But it's, it's, um, it's so possible to be the first to extend our heart and see the response come back. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I, I always find it very interesting as I'm listening to the conversation because um, you're absolutely right. I feel like in the workplace, it's somewhat unspoken taboo to speak about spirituality or faith or religion um it just feel it, it's in today's climate especially it just feels div divisive it feels controversial for some reason and um i myself am agnostic um i've actually been christian i've been baptized at a younger age um and then i've been atheist <laughs> i've been around the block um but it doesn't mean that i don't understand spirituality, right? Like I still think that there's spirituality built in into the human existence, um, no matter what you believe in on paper or what what book you read. Um, and it's been so powerful to be able to build relationships in the workplace that break down those barriers. Um, building relationships with Muhammad as a Muslim, building relationship with my coworkers um, who are Christian, um, and sometimes having that healthy conversation and, and seeing the other perspective has been a huge, huge part of my ability to bring then my whole self to the, to the table. Um, and so I think it's, 
I just, I just think that when we like, we just don't have that conversation enough. I was excited to, to hear from you, Mark, because I, I think, I mean, you've built this, you've built a business completely centered around it, but I think the, the, re, the reality of what's out there is it's something in between, right? Mm. Um, because we can't, we can't expect, I mean, the realities of the world is that there's still greed. There's still, um, there's still a lot to the long way to go to achieve um, something grand, but every little bit counts. And, and I love that we're able to have this conversation because I think, it, I think it's super important. That's coming from some, someone that many would prescribe as not having uh, faith or spirituality, right? I think it's super important. I think it's, I think it's something that, that needs to be, to be out there. So I really, I really enjoy this, this topic. Um, and I think it's just, it's super under underrated in terms of importance in, in a workplace. I'm so grateful that you spoke that because I think the divisiveness comes out of a sense of, you know, when people feel insecure and they feel like they need to make other people believe as they do in, you know, in order to feel confirmed in their own beliefs. And that's so, um, you know, anybody would be turned off by that, you know, regardless of where they're coming from or what, what faith it is. You know, it's like it says in the Quran, there is no compulsion in religion. And it's and even the word religion in English doesn't really like that doesn't really capture what Dean means. You know, it just it's like we're it's it's really religion and is about for me how to access love. And there are so many different ways to access love. And it doesn't need any one particular path. You know, there can be someone who um, adheres strongly to the rules of their religion, and yet there's no love in their heart. Or there can be mm. someone with no religion at all, and their heart is full of love. And mm. it's, I mean, that's really what we're talking about. You know, Allah, the divine, and from my perspective, is called the source of love. That's really what we're after. And, you know, this love is a business strategy. You know, you could turn that around and say business as a love strategy. You know, it's like every single context that we're in is another place to find love. And, um, and that's where I believe the richness comes from. And it's part of why I was so delighted to be invited on and so delighted with what you're what you're carrying in this book, because it's it is so accessible and it does speak in such down to earth uh, accessible ways. I'm I'm lucky in a certain way. I mean, I chose it that we work primarily with small businesses, um, you know, people that are self-employed or very what are termed micro-sized businesses or just a handful of people. And so it's much easier to be really open about spirituality than it is when you have a large corporation and even like a large company that might be, you know, uh, uh, you know, on, uh, you know, public, you know, a public company instead of a privately owned. I know there's so much care that needs to be taken with people's hearts. So people don't feel excluded or judged or less than, or, and, um, and that is like a, that's another beautiful path to walk, to bring that awareness in that, in that environment also. And, um, yeah, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm grateful for the work that you all are doing in the world. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah, thank you so much. I th I think um, you know we we love like the mission of this show has always been to connect, um, whether it's with 
experts, philosophers, um, academics. Um, and yeah, I, I just think that this is, a, is an important conversation because there's no one way to have it. There's no right way to have it. And there's no, you know, expert in the field per se. I know that we brought you in because of the work you do. Um, but I think I was excited because I think just having the conversation in any context is important. And it may be people can listen to this and have the courage to have those conversations themselves as well and, and, and bring more of their whole self to the table because in most cases, spirituality is, you know, number one for many people. And if you're in it, it's, it makes you a big part of who you are. And, and it's, it's surprising that, yeah, it's, it's, it's impossible in many cases to truly practice, you know, love as a business strategy or even just keeping humanity in the workplace. If you're not allowing this side to be there. And so, yeah, the, the mission accomplished for me here is just having this conversation. I really appreciate um, your perspective and like your journey here. Um, and, and it's helped us just open up this, this, this part of the book. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm really grateful to play a part in that. It's been, awesome. um, been joyous. Yeah. Thank Very you so cool. much. Yeah. Uh, so w- with that, Mark, I really appreciate this conversation. I really appreciate, like I said, all that perspective. Um, I want to thank Muhammad for your perspective and your vulnerability here today as well. And you know, thank you to the listeners for, for tuning in. Hopefully this helps you um, think a little bit about yourself, introspect a little bit about your own, what spirituality means to you and see if that plays a role in love in business as well. So um, yeah, check out our book. Keep listening to the podcast, subscribe and rate, tell a friend. And uh, thank you so much. Have a good week.